Hello everyone, welcome to Nisa Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor. I know it's been a couple weeks since our last episode, but I'm glad to be back. Certainly missed you guys. I've been busy with school as always, but now school's slowed down a bit. Only got one class coming for the next month, so got a little more free time on my hands. Now for Nisa, the Nisa League, we mostly have for this episode news to recap on what's going on in the league these past couple weeks. So I'll share my thoughts on what's going on in the Nisa League and we'll, we'll go from there. So stay tuned. All right, guys, so let's get on to some Nisa news. And, of course, let's start with where I left off in the last episode. And that was First Team Podcast host John Frusciante was doing an interview with the commissioner of the Nisa League, John Pruch. And he had discussed uh, main topics and just uh, some key takeaways from that interview listening to it was – of course, the deal would be in sports. They're still working on it, but they're hoping to get something done, hopefully by the end of the year. And it looks very likely that uh, going forward, be in sports will be the uh, TV uh, network uh, home for the NISA League. So that's very exciting. And he also talked about, you know, John uh, Pritch had mentioned about uh, them deploying for Division Two in a couple years, and with the league trying to grow its footprint more and everything, it looks very likely that that could happen, and uh, at least have application. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode, like with USL, for example, it took them like two years before they finally got at least provisional sanction, and then the third year they before it became a full-time D2 league. So I think for NISA, it could take that long. But if they grow as quickly as they think they're going to, then it's certainly possible. And I think they're, it's an aggressive timeline, but hey, if, if they, 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 they know a lot more than I do. So if they can find these clubs and make it work, hey, more, more power to them. And the last takeaway... I had from the interview is that John Perch had mentioned there's going to be more teams. So other than the ones we've heard about, Maryland Bobcats FC, and of course Chicago Nisa, who I'll get to in a minute, there now be more teams. And I was thinking to myself, man, what what other teams that they're looking at? And one of them just got announced last week that I'll also talk about in a minute. But I was like, wow, like, I definitely didn't see that one coming. So it's very interesting to see how this league is kind of picking up markets as they go and trying to strengthen their footprint in the crowded soccer landscape where you have Major League Soccer, the United Soccer League, USL League One, excuse me, USL Championship, and then USL League One, and then you have NISA, and you still have, you know, MPSL, and USL League Two, and then the UPSL, and a lot of amateur leagues. So plenty of soccer to go around, that's for sure. But let's get on to the 
news that we were expecting for quite some time, and it was announced on November 5th, as I mentioned, Chicago Nisa. They are now officially approved as a member of the league, um, and the club is expected to begin play in fall of 2021. And, of course, this was a, a league, or excuse me, a league, a team that's being led by Peter Will, the soccer executive that's helped made Indy 11, Chicago Red Stars, Chicago Fire, Green Bay Voyagers, Ford Madison, all these clubs, very successful. And uh, now he's on a bring Chicago Nisa. And a lot of people are very excited. And I'm very excited to see what happens with Chicago Nisa. They have made some interesting moves. Um, when they were announced on November 5th, they confirmed that their primary team owner will be Maryville Austin. I'm sorry, Bruce Maryville Austin, excuse me. And uh, he'll be the primary team owner. And uh, that's very interesting, um, considering he has a you know a background um, in do, doing a multi generational uh, single family office that's based in Singapore. And uh, I thought that was really interesting as well. And they also hired a chief operating officer, and his name is Night Train Vec, and he's going to be in charge of basically looking at the, the operations club and trying to get that fan engagement going for the, the city of Chicago with this new club. And I want to say Night Train Vec, he's, he's hitting the ground running. And what made it interesting was I listened to his interview last week he did with uh, Jason Davis on the United States of Soccer. That's a serious XM show. And he did, he, he, he said in the, on the interview with Jason that he, he doesn't have a, a soccer background, but he's big on, in baseball. Um, his family ties and everything. And he obviously was with the White Sox doing their ticket sales and, and fan engagement for them. And then his most recent role was um, involved in uh, cricket in Australia doing fan engagement over there. So even though it's outside the box, I think with his expertise and fan engagement, that's very important, especially for a third division club. Excuse me, fans, you can uh, to, with that engagement, whether it's community-based, uh, hosting you know, events, fan engagement events, community events, whatever to build that bond with that team. It's very important. So Knight uh, Train Vec is from everything I've been seeing, what he's been doing so far, he's doing really good. Um, another thing I liked about Chicago NISA is they did a survey. So once they were announced, they launched their website and everything, did a survey with the fans to get name ideas, uh, team colors, and you can choose uh, which stadium um, that you prefer that you want a team to play in or choose a stadium that's not listed. So some they have on their list is uh, Benedetti uh, Worley Stadium in Naperville. Um, I believe that might be a community college stadium. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Flames Field, that's is University of Illinois Chicago. I believe that's a soccer field for the, the school there. Hanson Stadium is another uh, stadium in the Chicago city limits. And then you have Impact Field, which is a minor league baseball stadium in Rosemont. I think that's right across from the Chicago O'Hare Airport, I believe. And then the last one that's listed here is SeatGeek Stadium, which is in Bridgeview. That's, of course, the former home of the Chicago Fire. 
before they moved to um, Soldier Field, where they are now playing. So I thought that was really cool. Chicago Nisa, you know, they're doing really good. Got their Founders Club going. Get the season tickets uh, for $25, and you get a free uh, Chicago Nisa uh, mask with everything on the pandemic. Uh, the mask is a really good uh, way to get people, you know, interested. And I think that's uh, really cool. They're, they're, uh, Chicago East is doing really awesome things up there. Now, one thing I tuned in today on the Zoom chat is they had their uh, Chicago Moniker Madness selection show. So last week they had their office hours talking to fans, engaging them, which is really great. And they had a guy there that's going to be involved in designing the team colors and logos. So for the, whatever the event thing is going to be. So I thought that was really cool as well. And for the marker madness selection show, I don't know what the total number was, but they narrowed it down to 68. So like March madness, you know, you have 68 teams, we got 68 names. And they broke them down the brackets, and they also, excuse me, they also, um, they also were able to uh, share the fans like where they kind of rank kind of things. And there are some names that were really, really interesting. Of course, the most popular ones is the Chicago Sting and Municipal Chicago. Those are like the two popular ones right now. But there were some interesting ones that I liked. Uh, Point Chicago was really interesting. I really like Chicago O's. That's kind of like my personal favorite. And there was another one, Chicago Win. Chicago Win FC. I know it sounds kind of generic, but I think that's one that's at least cool. And maybe they could come up with a cool logo with it. I, I think it would be really, really cool. Something unique. And, of course, they had, you know, Chicago City, Chicago United. That's kind of expected to be in there. But... I think it's going to be a very competitive uh, bracket contest with the fan voting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, when Peter Will concluded the Zoom chat today for that uh, Mark Madness selection show, he mentioned that the goal is to have a team name by the end of January. That's the goal for the team. So that's what they're looking for as of right now. And they're still working on a head coach and technical director getting that squared away. So they've got a lot of interest, but we'll see how that plays out. And they're also uh, hoping to select their venue. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I know the fans can kind of pick and choose where they want to be, but they're hoping to have the, I guess, whatever the eventual stadium is going to be the final decision. They hope to have that venue secured by the end of the year. And with that, that will include Chicago Nisa now let's talk about the other team that just kind of came out of left field and surprised everybody. Rochester Nisa. Uh, that came out of nowhere, and I definitely did not see that coming. But uh, according to Michael Lewis of FrontRowSoccer.com, he had recently did an interview with uh, the uh, primary owner for uh, Rochester Nisa, David Weaver and Nisa announced that last week they had applied for application. Now, nothing's official. They're not approved or anything. They just applied. 
But here are some key highlights from that interview from my, with Michael Lewis. And some of them are that the team will play at Marina Auto Stadium in downtown Rochester. And of course, that used to be the former home of the Rochester Rhinos, whose fate has not been determined. But I think it's very unlikely that this team's going to play again, the Rochester Rhinos, as we know it. Now, the franchise will mostly use, use local players. They're going to mostly use local players for that team. The club is going to gear towards starting uh, playing in 2022. But they also have the option of playing 2021 if they choose to do so. And I guess that's going to relate to what's happened with the pandemic and if they can make it happen or not. But 2022 is kind of their goal, and that seems more likely to kind of give them more time to prepare. And a team will also uh, be named by the fans. So kind of similar to what Chicago Nice is doing. Rochester looks like they're going to go that route as well to name their fans. They also mentioned that they're going to have a partnership with St. John Fisher uh, College. So that was something that was interesting that I listened to uh, the 92 St. Nisa podcast uh, when they did their uh, interview with uh, uh, Mark Washoe. So I thought that was really cool and how they want to be a community-based club. And I really do hope it works out for Rochester. I've been to Rochester. Uh, I love Rochester. It's a really cool place uh, for soccer. I know they have a deep soccer history there with the Rochester Rhinos. Still, the only lower division soccer team to ever win the U.S. Open Cup. Of course, the Western New York Flash from the NWSL days and winning championships before they eventually became the, the you know North Carolina Courage. But they had that success with soccer. And I know other sports, you know, the Rochester Amherst, the Rochester Americans, and they also have the Rochester Red Wings, the baseball team there. So Rochester... You know, they have a, a good sports history. So I think Rochester, if they can find a way to make it work, it looks like they secured a stadium. So if everything else comes into play, I think it, it could work. And I'm very excited to see how it goes with Rochester. I know some people are on social media are like, well, Nice has got a lot of teams out east, but they're out west. And I think it's just going to take some time. It's going to take some time for them to get out there. I think at least just trying to get more interest and everything. But right now, everyone's trying to get navigate through the pandemic, and once they get through that and everything, you know, they'll probably have more more teams that are going to eventually come out west. All right. So speaking of protagonist soccer, um, they had another episode on Nice to Say Nisa earlier this uh, week, and uh, according to the show, they were mentioning that they're hearing that there's rumors that Nisa is going to consider an application from the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. And nothing's official. On They mentioned that in their podcast. They don't have any teams or anything like that that's been linked. That's just a rumor they've been hearing about. And I thought that was really interesting, too, because, I mean, Dallas-Fort Worth, it's in the middle, at least. And, you know, Dallas is a big area. Dallas-Fort Worth, a big area. Now, the only one I've heard about at least recently within the past week that I think it was on the USL page, but there's been rumors that they're trying to build a soccer specific stadium like West of Fort Worth, Texas. And if it was able to get built, then it's going to be, it's like a, multi, a soccer complex kind of thing. And they're going to build, uh, they're going to build a stadium for uh, USL. 
I don't know if it's League One or Championship Division, but a USL team. So that's the only one I've heard about. But it could be an existing team like, you know, Denton Diablos, or it could be Fort Worth Caros or uh, Irving FC. It could be anybody really in the Dallas area, Fort Worth area. It's a, it's a big area where you can go to Plano. Lots of options. I know in the Major Arena Soccer League, they have two teams in the Dallas area. They have the Dallas Sidekicks, who play in Allen, Texas, and you have Mesquite Outlaws. And Dallas is a, definitely a, a big opportunity there. And if they can find a way to make it work, I, I think it could work, especially because you got FC Dallas there in Frisco. And I think even though they're up in Frisco, you still have options in, in that Dallas-Fort Worth area to try to find a niche uh, market for a soccer team. So it'll be interesting to see if that rumor is true, how it plays out. Now let's talk about some things that I've noticed on the NISA uh, social media pages and the website and things of that nature. So NISA updated their website recently, and they got some information about NISA Nation in there and other things. They updated their map on the with the teams currently. But one noticeable absence is Connecticut United. It's not on the website anymore. And uh, they've been removed from the header. Now, Connecticut United, we didn't hear much after, what, two years ago? I mean, Santa Providence. So I think those two teams, it's highly unlikely that they're going to make it. Um, but who knows? With Nisa Nation now slowly coming into play, maybe that could be an option for them. Now, another thing I've noticed, uh, Maryland Bobcats FC, they confirmed on their Twitter uh, page that they will be playing at the Maryland Soccer Plot Soccerplex, excuse me, in Boyd's, Maryland. And of course, the Maryland Soccerplex, that's where DC United has played some open cup games and the Washington Spirit. We're supposed to play a few games this year. Um and uh the Maryland Bobcats FC, they feel confident they can get fans to come out there and watch their games. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I know it's a very nice facility. And I'm very excited about the Maryland Bobcats FC in Nisa. They've been very, very successful in the UPSL, and they won the uh, Nisa Independent Cup uh, in their region this past year. And this is a team with a lot of buzz, and I think this team will do really well in Nisa. I know the spring format has not been decided yet, but I think whatever the format's going to be, I think Maryland Bobcats FC will definitely be a force to be reckoned with. Now you have the New Jersey Teamsters who just announced last week that they will not be playing in the spring season for NISA in 2021, and they'll be playing in the fall of 2021 instead. So what that means is they said on their website that they're going to be playing in NISA Nation. Now NISA Nation, I had no idea, was starting that early in spring. Um, they haven't announced their teams other than themselves. So my guess would be is they're probably going to play in a regional league East Coast Premier League probably, um, and or Eastern Premier or Soccer League. And they're going to play in probably one of those regional leagues, and um, until they uh, get ready to join in the fall of 2021. So that's an interesting development because when the New Jersey Teamsters they were struggling with uh, their uh, WeFunder account raising money and they had some team tryouts but I, I don't know if, how successful they were but maybe they just felt with the pandemic because they did mention that in their website uh 
piece. That was probably the other reason why they decide it's best to hold off for another year. And Nisa, as of right now, it looks like they're going to have eight to nine teams that are going to play in the upcoming spring season. And that's, to me, a smart move for New Jersey uh, to just sit and wait, get their you know, house in order with everything, and prepare for the fall season. And for the fall season, they'll at least be joined by Chicago Nisa and maybe a couple other clubs that we've heard about, maybe Dallas or Rochester, if they're able to do it, maybe then. So Nisa could go. And if Stumptown comes back, I forgot. I keep forgetting about them. But if Stumptown comes back, I don't think they're going to be back in the spring. I think fall 2021 might be more likely if they come back. Um, but that could be 14 teams for Nisa. So that's pretty, pretty cool in the fall season. Spring looks more like eight, nine, eight or nine teams. But speaking of spring 2021, so one team that has said they plan to return is San Diego 1904 FC. And they are going to, they announced on their social media pages, they're going to do a 10 day scouting camp to recruit players in the area to get a, uh, to give them a shot of a pro contract. And this will begin on December 7th. So I found that really a good sign that 1904 FC, 1904 FC, I can't talk today. It's been a struggle today. That they're going to come back and they're uh, going to return to play. Now, where they're going to play in their stadium, that's to be determined. We don't we don't know. But that's at least a good sign. And eight teams, eight, nine teams, it looks like, for the spring, pretty good for Nisa. Now, before we uh, conclude this segment, one thing I didn't know is I was checking the Wikipedia page and they finally added a Chicago Nisa on there. I just noticed it today. So it's on there now. So that's really cool. All right, everyone. And before we conclude this episode of Nisa Today FC, I just want to give a shout out to all my followers on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for my Twitter page. Uh, it just broke a hundred followers a couple days ago. So right now I'm currently at 102 followers, but all those people that follow me on Twitter, I just wanted to say thank you and please, uh, leave me any feedback, comments, suggestions, like show great, think it's bad. That's okay too. Let me know. And I'll definitely do whatever I can to try to make an entertaining show for you guys, but I really appreciate it. And let's just keep this thing going. And, of course, Instagram, Facebook, you guys follow me on there, too. Definitely appreciate that. But speaking of social media handles, so for Nisa Today, of course, on Twitter, it's at Nisa underscore Today FC. You can follow the show there. On Facebook, it's at Nisa Today FC. And on Instagram, it's at Nisa underscore Today FC. Of course, if you want to follow me, the best place to reach me is on Twitter at JTSoka88, that's at J-T-S-O-C-K-A-88. You guys take care of yourselves, and of course, with Thanksgiving coming up, I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Please stay safe, and I'll see you next time.